Hi team, welcome to the Jeremy Dooley Show. Hey legends, welcome back. Uh, I want to give a big shout out. I, I had a look at my... Um, I don't do this very often, but I looked at my podcast stats and where the listeners are coming from. And uh, it always it blows my mind a little bit that this little old podcast, which I don't advertise uh, either, and I just put it out there and seeing what happens organically. I want to see what happens after a year of releasing this uh, weekly, um, which I will get better at. Um, but I want to get to that sort of 52 episode mark and just see what happens organically. And I've got listeners already in some really uh, interesting places. So hello to people listening in Jersey. I did have to Google Maps where that was. Uh, I've got people listening uh, in the Midwest, in the US, uh, people listening in Kenya, uh, of course, in Australia as well, um, and a bunch of other places. But those places really stood out. I mean, I don't know anyone there. Uh I, yeah, and again, I didn't actually know where Jersey uh, was. So um, looks like a beautiful place. Would love to go there one day. Uh, it's been a massive uh, week. I've just come off the back of performing at the Melbourne Fringe Festival uh, and we ran back our show, Habitual Line Steppers. It was myself with Gary Johal and Mimi Shaheen and we got Andrew Isles back to MC and uh, it was great. It, it went really well. The last night was rough. Uh, last night was one of those gigs where it was packed and it was full of silent laughers. Um, so, <laughs> which, which is not, you don't want that. You want people to be able to laugh freely and, and to, you know, make plenty of noise. Um, and yeah, I, I was on last. I, I was uh, headlining or closing the show. Um, we always took that in turns, you know, if you went last, you got a little bit longer, uh, on the lineup and, um, yeah, the, like Gary and Mimi both commented on and off stage, just like, oh, this is a, this is a weird audience. And I reckon that can play into it a little bit. Um, you know, from an audience perspective, if you're told that you're weird and that you're quiet, you can go into your shell. So it was... Yeah, made for an interesting um, situation there. And so how the room was set up as well, it was a small uh, venue, only a 40-seater. Um, and so we had it done so that um, to facilitate people sitting at the front, because it was a general admin, not allocated seating, we closed off the back row just to force people to sit in the front. And then people uh, put chairs in the back row, like the audience created a back row for themselves um, because no one wanted to sit in the front. So it, uh, you stand on stage and you're in a full room and it's like, why well, there's no people in the front. Um, so I stood on the front seats um, for the first few minutes just to mess with them. <laughs> uh, it was great. Um, but the show was awesome. Uh, you know, we did it at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival in April and we sold out every night. It got pretty good reviews. And when I say pretty good reviews, we tried to do something different where I know I've spoken about this, but I just want to close the loop on this show. So instead of just getting a media review, we polled the audience after every show. Um, they got an anonymous survey and it came back at, um, it was just under 4.9. So we were, you know, we said 4.8, it was kind of 4.8 and a half. 
uh, out of five stars from the audience. It was great. Um, and so we thought, let's do it back at Fringe. Now, Fringe, it's not a comedy festival. And that makes it hard to get general punters in because it just doesn't have that same cut through for sort of the casual comedy fan. So we had to work, I reckon, three times as hard to get people in the room. And I was overseas, obviously, uh, in the lead-in, which made it a a lot more difficult um, because, you know, I I probably take the leadership role on doing the marketing and and really trying to push and and get attention for it. So it it made it a a much tougher sell. So opening night wasn't a sellout, uh, which I'm not used to, which I know makes me sound like a massive wanker, uh, but I'm been really lucky in my comedy career so far to be able to pull an audience um and so the first night we had probably 20 people there so it was it was quite small um but it was great it was i had a lot of fun it was good to just um get one out and and to go back to that set as well which i hadn't done for a while and um i I mean yeah it was kind of comfy pair of shoes doing that old set because I had kind of like most of it I hadn't done for, you know, for six months or since the last habitual line steppers show, I've been, you know, working in new material quite a bit. And so to to go back to that was, was quite nice uh, for, for three more nights. Um, But I guess I wanted to, um, you know, talk about how the show came about. And so my approach to comedy, like I started back in 2021 and which was a shit year to start back because we lost six months really to to lockdowns and especially me being new um, it felt like a lot longer because it was really hard for me to get on lineups when we weren't in lockdown uh, because I was such a bottom feeder Um, but my approach has always been to how can I work with people who are higher up the food chain than me and not just learn from them but get the rub from them um, and get the you know, the glean, the shine from them sort of, you know, slipstream up a little bit. And so first thing for me was, um, you know, who do I get along with? That was a big thing, but who's higher up the food chain? So I went with Gary Johal first. He's, um, Gary is from Singapore. Um, Me and him are also doing a show at the Geelong Comedy Festival, a split show uh, called No Doubt. Um, But I reached out to him to, to get him on board and he was down um, Gary's pretty easygoing. Um, he's certainly um, he's not massive on doing all the admin side of things, but that was fine because I guess part of the negotiating that I did with him and with Mimi was that I would cover all of that. So all they had to do was turn up. Um, but Gary performs in a lot of the big rooms in Melbourne. He's at Kings of Comedy very regularly, um, you know, performs throughout South Australia quite a bit, um, you know, played at Comedy Republic and so I saw him as someone who was multiple levels above me and I wanted to just see what his process is like you know up close and personal one of the very first gigs that I went to uh, when I started back in comedy uh, he was on stage and he was absolutely poleaxed on stage which I do remember uh, was at the Bendy um, and it just blew my mind. It was like, this is like, this is like a rock star sort of vibe here. Uh, it was very rock and roll. It was very grunge, um, but that was cool. And then I, um, 
I had to really push hard to get Mimi Shaheen. Now, Mimi Shaheen is, I would say, a few levels above again. You know, she plays at the Comics Lounge regularly, um, you know, also at Kings of Comedy, also has done Comedy Republic, but does a lot of gigs, like well-paying with great acts all of the time. And I saw her as someone who I could learn a lot from and I wanted to, again, see her process. And with her, there had to be a lot of convincing done because she hadn't had necessarily great experiences in the past doing festivals and doing split show festivals, which, uh, you know, I'll I'll get into in a sec. But um, after eventually uh, getting her over the line, which took quite a lot of phone calls and pestering on my part, um, she agreed. And it was it was great. The comedy festival in particular was so good. Every night was killer. Every night was packed and, you know, a lot of happy faces in the audience, a lot of happy faces in the green room. Um, and, you know, we got Andrew Isles on to MC and Andrew is such a big energy, which uh, I think is helpful when you're MCing and is also incredibly experienced, all incredibly experienced compared to me. Um, so it was, it was great. I, and I learned a lot from them and I, fe- I felt really, and I do feel really grateful and thankful to have been able to share a stage with them, um, and to do, you know, two festival shows, uh, or seasons with them and to do really well at that. And I feel like being exposed to them really leveled up my game because it forced me to you know, really try that much more and put that much more thought and effort, uh, into my set and into my material. Um, doing a split show is weird though. So doing a split show, there's a lot of pros and cons. So let's talk about the cons first. Uh, it's like doing a group project, uh, at uni or or at school in that inevitably there's going to be one person who does the majority of the work. Now we, uh, wanted to take that in turns and I've done other split shows in the past. So I'm going to keep this sort of general experiences here, but there's always one person who will take the lead on the admin and there's a lot of admin that goes into a festival. Some are festivals you have to apply for uh, and you're not necessarily in some, you just sign up and and you're in, but there's always a lot of paperwork. You got to sort out insurance, your marketing plans, you know, producer, who's doing what roles, blah, 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 blah. There's a lot of uh, documentation to fill out and things to organize. I'm not sure how much of that is useful, but some of it might be, I don't know. Um, and so th- there's that element there. And then there's also the element of, you know, th- there can be a few hangups about self-promotion, which is an interesting thing to handle as a comedian, because that is such a huge part of the game now is being able to promote yourself and, and find, you know, your niche or niche, uh, for my American listeners and, and figure out, you know, how do you do that? How do you get yourself out there without annoying people as well. Um, And so I find that side of things really fascinating. I spent a lot of time thinking about that and trying to, you know, I guess figure out a plan for each show that feels unique to that show but doesn't feel like bullshit as well. Um, So so that's a thing. And then, you know, you you split all the costs um, as well. So that that, um, means though that you also split all the profits if there are profits. So that's sort of a pro and a con, I think. Um, I, I know I said I was going to split this up into pros and cons, but this has just really ended up being, uh, this is what happens. Um, and so splitting the costs is great um, because 
you, you don't expect to make money. I think that's a thing to go in assuming you're not going to make money. And if you do, it's a bonus. I've been quite lucky so far. Um, I've, I've, I've done pretty well because I've been able to draw an audience. Um, and it's something I pride myself on is that, you know, I've got great um, audiences and, and great fans and great people who like to come out to my shows. Um, and so I guess the flip side of that is with a split show is even if you have done the bulk of the work or done, you know, little of the work, it's split. So the profits get split. So you can sort of coast through and, and not necessarily bring many people to a room, not necessarily do much work, but you're going to get an even share of the um, profits or depending on what you organize. And I think that's a fair thing um, to, you know, to split everything, um, you know, 50-50 or, you know, 33 and a third for, for us at this show and, um, you know, other shows I've done, it's been 50-50. So um, I, I think that's quite a fair way to do things. Um is it the best way? I don't know. But for me, at this point, it's not about making money. For me, at this point, it's about how do I, one, build an audience that wants to come back to another show? And I think so far, I've been able to do that. If I look at last year, um, when I did my first uh, festival show with Lisa Gattenby, Third Life Crisis, um, there's been a lot of people who went last year who came this year, but those people have also brought other people, which has been awesome. And that's sort of what I'm hoping to do. Um, so, th- so that's been great. And, and that's really what I'm focusing on is how do I build an audience who will keep coming back and, and you know, be loyal or, you know, what they resonate with me or just like me enough that they'll keep coming. Um, and then eventually, you know, how do I then, when I feel like I'm ready, do a full hour and be able to sell out a room uh, for a whole season instead of, you know, half a season or a quarter of a season of a festival. Uh, so that's sort of, you know, where my focus is. And also it's about who can I learn from? And, you know, this year, learning from Mimi and Gary was, was huge. Um, I think Mimi especially is, uh, I'm so, I don't know, understand how she's not on TV and how she's not famous. Like she ticks all the boxes. She's female, she's foreign and she's funny. Um, that's the three F's. Um, and she's, you know, elite at all of them. She's got the three F's, but she's a plus on stage. Um, and easy to work with professional, um, it blows my mind that she's not on TV or radio. Uh, she's an absolute killer on stage. Um, Mimi Shaheen um, and learning from Gary. Gary's so relaxed uh, on stage and, and slows down as well. I, I have a tendency, especially if I haven't done a gig for a little bit, which you know can be like three days without a gig, I can go a little bit too hypo, uh, a little too fast on stage. Um, so watching him be really slow and considered and deliberate, uh, also learned a lot from that. Um, so that was cool. Habitual line steppers. We can put a line... Uh, or a full stop at the end of that now. And, and now it's about sort of what's next. Um, and so, I, you know, I do this on a Sunday. I'm pretty knackered. It's, uh, I'd had a couple of interesting weeks coming back uh, from overseas and, and from doing gigs over there where I've had had a real shit gig. Um, it was one of those ones where you, um, yeah, you don't know uh, how much you want to do comedy at the end of that gig. You have to really, uh, you know, get back on stage pretty quickly and, and get some wins. So it was good to have a week of like a lot of gigs um, and some good ones in there, some some tough ones. Um, as I said, closing night was an absolute um, 
uh, shit show. Had to work real hard, uh, but that was all right. And tonight I'm headlining in Preston, which is going to be awesome. I've you know, lived in Preston for quite some time. Uh, so it's always good to you know be in the kingdom to, <laughs> to do some shows. Oh, what a tool. Um, but coming up, some, some, yeah, some huge things coming up. Um, obviously, Geelong Comedy Festival. I'm doing a split lineup show with Gary Joe Harl and local legend. Um, he's a young up-and-coming legend, but he is a legend, uh, Darby Teasdale. So that's going to be awesome. The show is called No Doubt at Valhalla Taproom on Union Street in Geelong. Tickets are selling really well. I've only just started um, pushing it out there. So um, that's been awesome. Um, and uh, having people who are you know, winning competitions uh, for free tickets and they're picking our show uh, is very cool. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned for that. Um, the show's called, yeah, No Doubt. And uh, no doubt I'll be chatting to you next week. Thanks so much for listening to The Jeremy Dooley Show. For all information on tours, gigs, and other shenanigans, check out jeremydooleyofficial.com or Jeremy Dooley Official on all the socials. See you next time.